Welcome everyone to another episode of The Hobby coming, coming to you here from the PWCC offices in Oregon. Today I am joined by the one and only Brett McGrath. Uh, Brett is a longtime friend and just a fantastic member of The Hobby. He runs a show called Stacking Slabs. You probably already know that. It's a weekly show. It's amazing. He's also a recent dad and uh, just a fantastic resource in The Hobby. Brett, welcome to the show. Adam, thank you for having me. I'm excited to have this conversation and give some space to wrestling cards. Dude, I was, we were thinking about it. It was like, who is the expert on wrestling cards? And it's grown so much over the course of the last few years. It was like, who should we talk to? There were a lot of options, right? But, you know, we thought about you and, and I just, I, I know your passion for it. So tell me about like where this passion comes from. What's your history with the sport, with the cards, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. So I, um, I remember like very vividly when I was, um, like three or four years old, um, flipping through the channels and, um, I'm just sitting there and I saw, I was WWF at the time came on TV and I saw demolition who are a tag team ax mash and later crush. They were a trio. They were on the screen with Mr. Fuji. And they, if you look back on it now, I'm like, they're a tire, what they were wearing. It's completely ridiculous, but they, you know, painted faces and just at the time it was like, you put the stars in the matches against enhancement talent and enhancement talent was like, jobbers no one knew who they were but the whole objective was to put over the 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 stars and demolition were the stars at the time and i remember just watching it and i was like so fascinated because it didn't look like anything i was ever had ever seen before and so i got done watching wrestling and i've i've always been a collector of collections i collect everything growing up and cards and action figures and all this stuff and so uh, I remember my mom picking me up from uh, preschool at the time, and we the th we used to get a donut, and if I was good, we used to go to Toys R Us. And I remember, like, typically it was like, let's go check out the Ninja Turtles. Well, this time I saw the WWF logo, and I saw the, the Hasbro action figures, and I saw Axe and Smash, who are in the Series 1, and I had seen them on TV, and then now I was seeing their action figures. And I immediately grabbed them and my mom said, you can, you can only get two. Are these the two you want? And I thought to myself, let me just get smash. And then I grabbed Jake the snake because I wanted to make sure I had an a, a opponents for each other. So I grabbed them and I had them and it the, literally the rest is history. It's been a 30 year love of professional wrestling. Um, ironically, I had those two figures and my, uh, my brother was playing a basketball game and my best friend to this day, I met at the basketball game. And while I had Axe and Jake, the snake, he had a big boss man action figure in Hulk Hogan and literally like became instantly best friends, uh, at that moment and are still best friends today. And it was all because of professional wrestling. So uh, it, it's it started at a young age, and it's one of those things I wear very proudly. I over-communicate probably too much to people I work with, and my wife tolerates it and puts up with it, but it's just an escape for me, much like the hobby is for a, a bunch of people. So the opportunity to take this escape and something that I deeply love, and uh, it makes me feel really good and happy, and combine that with cards is like game over like it's it's so much fun so 
yeah, I, I've, I was bitten by the bug early and have, have been st- stuck here ever since. I can feel the nostalgia just pumping through my veins right now. Uh, hearing, hearing you talk about it is just incredible. Um, I, I don't have the same background that you do, but I will tell you, I remember watching, I remember watching some of these same guys. I remember seeing Bret Hart hand out his glasses to kids and thinking that kid is like the luckiest kid in the world. I remember thinking that the ultimate warrior was the strongest person alive. I remember Yokozuna like falling on people and thinking those people were dead the second he hit them. I mean, I just, I love, you know, those early memories of wrestling and they, they touch, they touch on something that's not only nostalgic, but like, I think super meaningful. And so the, the question that like comes to my mind is I think through this is, you know, we collected baseball cards. I don't remember watching any baseball growing up. And I remember collecting the cards when I was really young, you know, four or five, six years old. I remember watching wrestling, but I didn't get to collect cards. I think it speaks to like how important distribution is and distribution channels and things. Did you, what are your early memories of like wrestling cards? So they, there's this set, uh, 89, 90, it was called Classic. Um, and those are the cards that I remember. And you can buy those cards today. They're everywhere. Um, actually, this is this is hilarious. I actually have on my desk, here is a classic. Uh, this is unrehearsed, but this is a uh, 1991 classic full set that's just sitting on my desk at work. But these are like my earliest memories. They're not the first set ever created, but... Um, but it was just a minor thing. It was like, oh, let's get some cards and let's look through cards while we're watching the 92 Royal Rumble. But for me, it was mostly about the action figure. So yeah, the, the, the sets weren't um, overproduced and they weren't overly distri- distributed. It's They were just there. And some people know about them and some people didn't. So yeah, my connection with wrestling cards didn't happen until you know much later. Um, and there, there wasn't a lot of it like WWE is the key, one of the best licensing companies and promotion of products in the world. Like, but they never did anything to elevate whoever had the license at the time. And maybe that was a miss, maybe it wasn't, but yeah, most people would be interested in, you know, the accessories, the action figures, the t-shirts, but yeah, I wrestling cards have always been kind of that redheaded stepchild in a way. Yeah. I wonder, I kind of wonder why that is because you know, there's obviously accessories and lots of things that you could buy for other sports, but the cards have really just have always been a thing, especially for baseball, right. And other, in other sports like basketball and football, but for wrestling, we don't think of it the same way. Do you have any theories on why that is? Yeah. Um, I actually like, I'm, I'm honestly trying to figure it out right now because wrestling fans do not have a problem with spending money. Like you can go to it. Like I have been there, been to several WrestleManias and you pay for your ticket, you pay for the flight, the travel, and you pay for, you know, staying, but then you're, you're going to the conventions, you're getting autographs, you're, you're going and buying new shirts, you're buying memorabilia and wrestling cards has just never really been in that mix. And I don't know the reason why, because wrestling fans um, don't have a problem with spending money. I think if you were to rewind like a, a year uh, in the last year, things have changed pretty bit. Uh, I think it may be change in license, change in just interest. Um, and I'm sure we'll probably talk about some of those things, but yeah, I don't really know. I just, I feel like um, it's been a, just a disconnect from the wrestling community and from whoever's making or distributing the cards. Let's do talk about it. I think that's a great next subject. So the last 
the last year, maybe two, maybe even three years, I've seen all sorts of people getting into wrestling cards. I've seen shiny cards that are more modern. Um, you know, we've heard about prism cards and tops chrome cards. And then I see people grading some of those older, older cards as well. Can you talk a little bit from your perspective about how the world of wrestling cards has changed over the last few years? Yeah. So when I, when I jumped in uh, back in the hobby, started stacking slabs, like, you know, you, you try to figure out cards and you try to figure out how it all works. And you're, you're, you're trying to identify, you know, there's all this noise happening with, you know, what kind of the mainstream is telling you like the hot cards and those sorts of things. And to me, like, I never connected with that. What I wanted to connect with is like the sports and the players that I grew up with loving and, and making sure I had those pieces. And so wrestling cards was like a part of such a part of my life that I wanted to explore what that looked like and what I wanted to collect. So I went down many, uh, many rabbit holes. And so first, before I even really knew about modern wrestling cards or, you know, refractors and shiny wrestling cards, I would go explore what they would say vintage sets. So you go look at like, if people were to say like, what is the most popular or what is like, if when people think of wrestling cards, probably a lot of wrestling collectors would say 82, 83 wrestling all-stars. Now these cards were a magazine ordered cards. So you get the book and then you go put in the order and then they'd send you a pack of these. And so what the, these cards, you, I'm sure, even if you're not a wrestling fan, you've probably seen these through, you know, social media. Know or whatever. But, yeah. Yeah. So um, those cards, I think have become super popular because of they, it's a, it's sets of wrestling legends before they were legends. So um, I think that the 80, the 82 Hogan, um, all-stars card is the most probably direct parallel with the 86 with the Flair Jordan. Like there's a parallel there. Um, and so for me, like I appreciate, I admire the passion that these collectors have around these cards. I bought cards, I've graded cards, but I, I never held them. I, 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 and the reason why is because I, um, I, I wanted to collect stuff that doesn't come up all the time that's truly unique that's rare that i can say i have this and nobody else doesn't i i'm i'm like a kid like it's like i want cards that look the coolest and typically for me the profile of card it's shiny it's got a serial numbering and um i don't know a lot of people with it so um as as i kind of went down and met some amazing people and sold and traded and bought cards in, in kind of the vintage drum. I realized, although this is the era that I grew up watching wrestling, because these cards didn't hold some of these attributes that I appreciate in cards, that I was going to go move in the other direction. And that's when like I really became obsessed with exploring modern wrestling and being a part of kind of the, the, the modern wrestling card community growth. Awesome. So talk a little bit about, about over the last few years, what we've seen that's in the modern world. That's really like, that's really grabbed people. Yeah. So I think for me, um, I don't know, it's, uh, you, you hit these modes where you buy cards and you buy the cards and you are like, man, doesn't, I don't care that these cards are 
a hundred bucks, 200 bucks. Like they've got all the traits for me and I don't know why other people don't love these things. And so for me, it was really starting to explore the 2014 tops Chrome set and most specifically the gold refractors out of those. So they're out of 50, but the roster's incredible. It's got, you know, it's got the rock, it's got John Cena, it's got Roman Reigns. It's got like CM Punk, the list goes on and on and on. And so for me, I could collect um, a parallel of a first year of a known product. Everybody knows what Topps Chrome is. If you collect cards, it's, you know, across all licenses. So for me, it was like really going deep in there. And so um, buying cards through whatever channel I could get, trying to find other people who collected these. And I found a few, but there wasn't many. Um, now, while I'm starting to go nuts and buying these, uh, now, the interesting thing about Topps Chrome is that there's a, uh, a 14 and a 15 set, and then it went away for a while. It didn't come back until 20 and 21. And so there's four years of Topps Chrome WWE cards. Now, within those four years, there's super fractors, there's you know gold cards. And so for me, like that has been the area because I love Topps Chrome. I love gold refractors. I love super fractors. Those are the areas that I have been really diving in deep. And I think other collectors are coming in too. Now you want to put gasoline on it. Sudden news announcement changing that Panini was grabbing the license. And what are we going to get out of that? We're going to get WWE Prism. And we all know what Prism does for any segment of the hobby. So that like people talking about it, people getting excited. It's almost like these were like, these were sitting out there forever. And just because wrestling cards weren't, I guess, like super modern wrestling cards weren't like totally cool and didn't have a huge fan base. Like if you were, if you appreciated these cards, there was a time in the recent, in the recent term that you could buy a lot of these for a really good price. So um, yeah, you throw prism in the mix and now we are where we're at today, where there's a really strong community around uh, modern wrestling and it's been a fun, fun to be a part of it. So you, you just hit on something that I want to like push pause and, and, and cover real quick, if you're okay with it. So you talk about how you've just illustrated how like there's this great these great sets from you know the early 20 teens 2014 2013 these wrestling sets that you loved right and you're like looking around going why are these as cheap as they are right they're rare they're good looking they're gold you know gold has been in the in the hobby over the course of the last couple of years right it's by tops it's everything you want in the card and you're like looking around thinking why aren't other people collecting this and then what happens is because another product comes out and because of how it's distributed, it puts like a magnifying glass on that set that you already knew was awesome. You already loved it. You already thought it was fantastic. What it teaches me is that the role of education in cards is absolutely crucial to how they're collected. And we want to collect things that we like. We actually truly want people to like some of the things that we like too, though. We don't want to be collecting on an island. We want other people out there to be saying, hey, I like that thing. That thing's really cool. I saw that stacking slabs guy collecting those cards and, and I like those. And now I'm going to talk to him like that's where the fun comes in. Right. Mm -hmm. That's that's what reminds us of when we were kids. And you talk about your best friend to this day, like collecting, you know, wrestling stuff with him and going to wrestling stuff with him. Like that's that's what really like gets that nostalgia going in our veins again, you know, to draw on that. So. I think I think the idea that that Prism was coming out and so it put a, a put a magnifying glass on the the other shiny stuff as you said um, 
I think that's a really interesting idea. Do you, is that, is that an, is that in the end, what happened to the, to the top strong wrestling stuff? Totally. And I had this mindset of like, okay, when prism comes out, I'm going to be the first in line scooping up all the gold prism cards of everyone who I want. Well, what, what, what happened? Right. So <laughs> too expensive. All of, too expensive right so people who don't even care about wrestling come in and and you know people get upset about this but for me i'm like this isn't going to last forever we've seen this run before let's just don't don't go out and overspend just be patient take a step back and so what did i do though i went back to the tops chrome stuff and started like seeing people paying 4x 5x 6x of some of this stuff that I thought in my mind it was going to be, it, it just lit a fire to me to say, okay, now it's time to go buy all the stuff from Chrome that I thought was too high before that's readily available. And I wasn't the only one doing that. I have a lot of friends who are doing the same thing, but you know, the dust settled, right? Prices came down. And so um, now like it, I've been fortunate just to like, you know, pick off some cards here and there from Prism, but also feeling like, it's a long game with anything we collect. Right. Like we have this mindset, like too, when new releases come out, it's like, we got to go, 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 get in the breaks, go get these cards. It's like, it's so oftentimes when you take a step back, especially with an immature segment and market, like wrestling cards, like take a deep breath, just be patient, like distract yourself with something else. And typically like you make the right connections, good things come. That's what I've learned. Awesome. Well, you know, you, you bring up something else that or remind me of something else that you're talking about that I think is, is an interesting parallel between other sports. So follow me the punchline here just a little bit. I know in, in basketball, if you were to look at like a prism release, right, the prism release is going to have two different types of players, active players who are currently playing and retired players. And, and I think a lot of us who collect really love the cards from, from when that player is active. But the thing that's kind of maybe unfortunate is a lot of these great wrestlers who people love, who are well-renowned, they didn't have these super high-end rare cards when they were active. So what I'm kind of interested to know from you is, um, does, did the wrestling fans and collectors right now, do they put a premium on cards that are where, the, where they're currently active? And, and what does that look like to you? It's such an interesting question. And I would say wrestling is like uh, anomaly when it comes to that sort of thing. So right. My, my, uh, so I collect Peyton Manning. So, um, but I, I do, uh, I have a hard time. I'm big Colts fan. Um, I just started feeling comfortable with collecting his Broncos cards, but there's plenty of playing here. Peyton Manning, Prism, Broncos cards that, you know, I can buy and consider the, their playing years. Well, if what happens, right? So new football comes out and a gold Manning's in the set. Like, I don't really care. I don't have interest in that because it's non playing years. Wrestling, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's different. Um, and I would, I'm thinking back as you asked the question and I have not really, um, taken much of a plunge when it comes to like the prison product to go buy some of these legends. And I don't know if it's because it's active versus past and maybe some of my old collecting ways have infiltrated over into wrestling cards or not, but I, I can tell you like the hobby the wrestling card hobby doesn't care, right? Yeah. Like the the big like the 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 big sales that have transpired on Prism, you know, are all the big names, right? Andre the Giant, The Rock, Hulk Hogan. So I think, uh, and maybe it's because it's sports entertainment. These are characters as yeah. opposed to like athletes. I mean, they are athletes. I don't want to discount these guys because they're phenomenal athletes, but they're characters too. So it's that fusion of 
it and I like I honestly like I don't collect Pokemon, but I listen to Pokemon collectors and I watch how they operate because there's some similarities there. It's character based, wrestling character based. So I found that being influenced or learning from passionate collectors and other segments that are adjacent to wrestling cards has been a really good way for me to. Um, it's a good gut check and it, it's a good level set for me at times. Man, great, great answer. I, I wonder in the long term how it will go because right now there's only the one option as far as really rare, you know, grail type type stuff that's that, that, that basically caters to collectors as you described yourself as, right? People who want cards that are really rare, they're shiny, they're good looking. But the fact is we're never going to get an Andre the Giant, you know, playing days, if we can use <laughs> that term. We're, not, we're never going to get that grail. And so, you know, I think... Let's just let's just choose somebody. Let's pick somebody like, let's say you know like my favorite wrestler ever, either Bret Hart or the Ultimate Warrior. Let's go with Bret Hart. Let's say I wanted to get into collecting. If you were to give, I don't want to say advice because I don't want you making picks, but if you were to say, you know, Adam as as a Bret Hart collector, here's probably three cards I might suggest you go look at from his canon of of cards. What three cards would you say? So, um, pro- I would probably stick. Uh... Oh man. So a lot of people would direct you on like, you know, his, his tops rookie card in the, the year, I don't know, 89, 88, the year escapes me a little bit right now, but, but then, you know, you buy that card and then you, you, I think there's maybe one PSA 10, right. You'd be playing the, like trying to get the, the, the highest graded quality copy of that car, which to me, like, I don't know, I, it, I lose points for that regardless of grade because i can just go to anywhere and buy it so i i would probably direct you more uh, um towards the the modern stuff so you know brett hart was in the prism product so like i know you have a affinity for gold prisms like almost anyone so like i would look at that i would look at um finest their finest there was two years of finest that came out and brett hart's in finest and there are one of ones there are um gold gold finest cards so that that's where my advice would be but because but that's what i like to collect like other people might be listening to this and be like he's crazy like that's not his rookie card and i don't like i am i might be the one percent of the hobby that like Yes, rookie cards are important and they're significant, but they don't take priority over like scarcity uh, to me. Like I would much rather have something that's way less in demand and way less popular that doesn't have the rookie thing associated with it. And if if you take rookies and think about wrestling cards, it's everyone's got their own narrative. Okay, well, he was a character in this promotion and so this is his rookie card. No, well, he, that character wasn't popular, but it was he was released in this and so like there's bickering all the times and every time people talk rookie cards in wrestling, I tend to roll my eyes a little bit because it's usually an argument or a rabbit hole. I have no interest in going down and I don't think it's as important. It's like buy the cards that you love. If it's right. the rookie card, go for it. If it's not go collect something else. One thing that I've, I've kind of, um, you and I are similar in, in how we collect, I think in some ways, like my favorite cards are really rare cards that are from important sets that there's only a few made. And I don't love collecting cards that are, that are made rare because they're in incredible condition, right? Mm-hmm. Like that, that doesn't do it as much for, much for me, but the thing that I've really like softened on is there are a lot of people who love to collect like that. And, and I think that, that, you know, what you just said is exactly right. Collecting what you like 
um, figuring out how you want to, you know, build your collection is so important. And so I'd, I'd love for anyone who, who wants to go collect this, this the super, you know, iconic, recognizable card that you know, they want to just go get the highest grade of that. That's awesome. Go do that thing. But if you want to be the person who goes and looks for the really rare, un, sometimes unknown or really rare and known like that, those are those are really interesting places to be. Going back to Bret Hart real quick. If I wanted to get like an autograph card or an event used card, does that sort of thing exist for the world of wrestling? I mean, is there like a an equivalent of like a national treasures or a flawless in the world of wrestling? Or is that is that not really a thing yet? So I would say the highest in wrestling card product ever released in a, a set that I have an affinity for is Tops Transcendent. So 2019, 2020, 2021, Tops Transcendent came out. There's Baseball Transcendent, Gold Borders, beautiful on-card autographs, great um, photography, uh, you know, the most expensive case, like only so many cases, like much like a flawless or a national treasure where the designs would come out and, you know, you, you, uh, the, the best part about the last year they did it 2021 is that it's the first and only year that they did. There's been one of ones, but it was the only year that they did super fractured one of ones, which there's 43 total one year. So that that's the type of stuff that I'm interested in. Do you, do you have any of those? I do. I, I have, I have, I have just one. Well, who is it? So I'll show it. So, uh, one of my favorite current wrestlers is Matt Riddle. So Matt Riddle is, um, he's former UFC guy. Um, I got a chance to meet him a few times, see some of his matches when he transitioned out of UFC to the Indies. So then WWE eventually signed him and he's been, he, I would say blowing up. It would be like a prospect in bat. Uh, I'm trying to, I'll do a comp for you. Cause you're a basketball guy. I would say he's kind of like, um, Hmm. I'm trying to think of someone. Man, just in terms of the momentum and traction, it feels like he's kind of like a maybe like a, a John Morant type at this point. Mm-hmm. Just like people get really excited, he gets a big pop. Uh, he's got a good character. He's ridiculously talented in ring. But so here's his uh, top transcendent super fractor one of one. Oh, he's got, on card. It looks like it's on, on card. It's on card. I, I, I can't do the sticker thing. <laughs> um, I got, it's got, if I, I'm not a huge auto guy, but if it's, I'm getting an auto on card, but like, he's got a little smiley face there and he says bro to everything. So he inscribed it, bro. So the, the, these were one per case this is the only one of these that exist. Um, the one of one stamps up here, but like this stuff, this is the type of stuff I love. Dude, yeah. You, you and I are, are super similar and I, I'm pretty jealous because you know, this is, it's a cutting edge thing. It's new, right? You always want to get on, get in on things before the whole world has, has fallen off, right? Like that's, that's really the key to collecting in a lot of ways and being able to end up with a great collection is buying stuff before the world recognizes how cool it is having an eye for that. And uh, I think that's great. Hey, just a couple last quick things before we go. I remember when I was a kid, my parents bought me a couple of packs. I think it was of a top product. I think I actually messaged you about this one a couple of years ago. It had a whole bunch of autographs um, in, in the checklist, but the autographs were really hard to get. They were like one in a couple boxes. I think it was a WCW product, probably from like 1999 or 98. Um, and I, I've seen that set, like tops WCW autographs, Nitro or something. The Nitro set, yeah. That, that set stood out to me because it was, um, you know, they're all playing, playing days, 
right? All current current guys, which to me, if I was a collector of these cards, would matter. I'm not. I don't own a single wrestling card, but um, I think that would be pretty cool. Do you do you have any thoughts on that as far as like being a, a recognizable set? Or and then let, let me open it up. Are there are there are there other sets as well that you think of as like truly iconic wrestling sets? Maybe for people who are just getting into the getting into collecting. Yeah. So I think the Nitro set has. Um really gained some traction because of the on-card autos and the checklist. You've got like a Macho Man Randy Savage in there. And I know there's there's been a community of collectors that have been trying to acquire every auto from the set, which is really challenging. And um, hats off to all those collectors who are doing that. So I would say that one has been one that has gained uh, a lot of traction. All my, my set, what I always steer people to and probably what I have the most of, and I'm, I don't know. So here's my 2014 gold, uh, tops, uh, or tops Chrome, um, collection so far. And I, I just like, this is the first year tops Chrome. And I just think the checklist is so fantastic that I'll just like share some, like, so he, here's the rock. Everyone knows the rock. Here's his gold. Um, this is a PSA nine, but there, you know, there are fit. He's got John Cena, at WrestleMania in a sharpshooter. I mean, there's 50 copies of this card. First year, like, this is the stuff that, like, I don't think, like, you can go wrong. I know you caught, like, you got a guy like Paul Bear, who's iconic, everyone knows. You got Undertaker. I, this is, there's Pop 2 on this card, PSA 10. Um, but it's just, like, stuff like that. I think, for me, it's, like, the marrying of the scarcity along with the checklist and the significance of a first year when I think of like shiny cards, refractors, like to me in wrestling, it's that 2014 set. So that I, 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 full disclosure, I own a lot of it, but, but I love it. So that's why I do it. So that's why I always tell people like, I don't think you can go wrong if you dip your toe in, in, in 2014 Chrome. Awesome. Um, you know, a project that we're working on right now, by the time this releases, um, people may have already seen some of, we're, we're working on something that we're right now calling the iconic 100, which is we've basically surveyed a ton of collectors, you know, hobby leaders, a lot of people who are, you know, super, you know, super well, not, not only well, well-known and well-respected, but super knowledgeable in the industry. And we've asked them, you know, list rank order, you know, your top most iconic cards in the hobby across all sports, non-sports. And I think as part of the survey, we've got four or five, maybe five or six wrestling cards. Most of them are from that all-star set that you talked about that's well-known. Um, but my question is, I'm wondering if any of those wrestling cards are going to end up making the final top 100 list. If any of them are going to make it, what card do you think is going to make it? And, and, and do you think it'll make the list? I think uh, I think if a card does make the list, likely it'll be that '82 Hogan. That's that's kind of the Flair Jordan equivalent in wrestling cards. I I will like I'd probably be an advocate for even though that's probably not on the list. I just think like The Rock has been like such a crossover superstar. Like everybody knows The Rock that his cards obviously have gained traction. But I think like '98 comic images, it's the rocks first on card autograph like a yeah. card like that i think um it might not be in everyone's hearts and minds right now because it wasn't like super publicized but like if you look back and think about that card and think about who the rock is and the nature that he like took out a silver pen and wrote yeah. rock on it like that's the type of stuff that i think will withstand the test of time I 
I love that card. We actually considered putting that on the, the list of cards to choose from. The problem is it's really hard to narrow that list down, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, we really, we really struggled. If we would have put everything on there that, that we really wanted to, we would have, we would have ended up with a thousand cards, but the rock card that we ended up choosing from, you're not going to like it, but uh, it's the one that we've seen the most over the course of the last few years. It's the one where he's uh, in college playing football. Mm-hmm. So that is a choice. We put it in the wrestling section, but even as we did it, I was like, man, if I was a wrestling collector, I would want, I would want something else of the rock. It's, it's polarizing. Like it some is. people are all about it. Me not like, I don't really have any interest in it. Yeah. But it, it, but it, it's undeniable that that card has not, picked up steam and has been seen and noticed by a lot of collectors i I feel like we just made enemies as we tried to create this list because people were like you should do this or you should do that and i we did our best but what people have to understand is if we surveyed 100 people and there's one person on the list who's like you need to put this card and there's nobody else we can't put it on you know totally that's what happened but so you think the hogan though you think the, the hogan has a chance to make the final 100 uh, I mean, I would hope so. I, I would think that, and I think most wrestling collectors would consider that probably the, the most popular and probably most important card, just based on the significance of Hogan. Um, and I would just hope that there's some sort of representation for, for wrestling. We're, we're a small but mighty community, very passionate people, but we understand that, that, that we'll never be at the level of basketball, football, baseball. But I would hope that just be, me interacting with such amazing collectors every day, I would hope that there would be some sort of representation. And if it's the 82 Hogan, then I'm all for it. Well said. Well, you know, as I look at your your Instagram of your last 50 cards you've posted on Instagram. 20 of those cards have been wrestling cards. I love it. Great percentages. I had no idea. <laughs> so you're, you're, you're definitely, you know, you're, you're definitely one of these guys who I know just loves it. And, and, and if I'm being really honest, you know, I think that we, we as card collectors really care about things that are culturally significant. Right. And a lot of these athletes that come and go, like, they're not mm-hmm. going to be culturally significant. But when I say to you, you know, Ultimate Warrior and Brett the Hitman Hart, and I start talking about that era, we remember a ton of those guys, way more than we remember some wide receiver for the Patriots that played in like 1985. Like it's just, it's, it's different. There's something to be said for things that are, that are culturally significant. And so what I'm really excited to see is as the years go by and as, as this market matures and tries to figure out what really matters and what should be worth what, I just think that there's a huge spectrum of outcomes in the end. And I, I think it's super cool. So I want to thank you so much for being on the show today, Brett. And uh, I'm grateful for your, for your willingness to come on. Is there anything else that you want to talk about? Or is there anything you want to, um, anything that you're working on right now that you want to mention before we go? Yeah, I just maybe comment on that last thing you said. I think that's really important. I, I think that I was actually having a conversation about something similar and I was talking like, leads to the the conversation that we always have and it's over like you know the pmg you know basketball set and it's like you think about the reds and you just think about like you know what rod strickland goes for and you think about it's like there's a like the reason for that is the cards look amazing and then also like people have we grew up in that era where like these athletes basketball players it was larger than life and we have so much nostalgia for these players that like we open up our pocketbooks and we we, we say we want these cards because it reminds us they look cool. And having a player like Rod Strickland reminds me of like 
sitting at home watching, you know, NBA on NBC Showtime. And so I think that like that, like mentality definitely matters in wrestling cards where um, the, 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 I collect these, these cards because they make me happy and they make me feel good. And like, if I'm in between meetings, I can go dig and look at a card and think about, you know, what, promo Chris Jericho had in 2014 when he was feuding with, um, you know, uh, John Cena. Like, I, I love that. And I think the more we as collectors can not necessarily think about like the transactional mindset of like, oh, I'm going to buy this rookie card because I'm trying to flip it. And there's nothing wrong with flipping. Like every, there's so many avenues in the hobby people can enjoy. But I think the, the less we focus in on that and the more we focus in on like what we love, long-term happiness, like on the other side of it, the more we'll be rewarded in the end. So that I just comment that in closing. And then just regarding personal stuff, like, you know, uh, follow, follow me on, I'm very active on Instagram at stacking slabs. I have two sh- episodes that I put out, uh, one on Wednesday and then one on Friday with a, a collector typically in the community. So I've been consistent with those for, you know, two years running, getting really good feedback and have an amazing community of people that follow along. And I learn a ton from along the way. Dude, you're the best, man. Love your passion. Love the perspective. Um, yeah, definitely go give Brett a follow. And Brett, just again, thanks again for, for taking the time today. And if anybody has any questions, feel free to re- feel free to reach out to Brett on anything wrestling cards at his Stacking Slabs Instagram. All right, guys. Until next time, happy collecting.